When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 574. Got a special guest joining me on a Tuesday morning in March. You know, it's draft season. We're going to take a little stop, step back from draft season, and we're going to talk about a great new metric, an amazing new metric on an amazing website called PitcherList.com. And this website is called PLV. Last time I talked about a metric on this show, it was CSW with some man named Alex Fast, and there only won an award. <laughs> so it might be something good. I don't know. But that chuckle you hear is a chuckle that we all know oh so well. If you watch the live streams in the morning, if you just do anything that involves Nick Pollock, you can find a pitcher list at PitcherList on Twitter. Nick, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing wonderfully. What is happening? Bubba, thank you so much for inviting me onto this. Uh, it's just good to see you again. You know, I, I, I watch the Bench with the Bubba podcast a lot because you guys do it like 11 o'clock at night. And that's always when I'm just just trying to decompress or whatever. And then I see on, on, on Twitter, Oh, we're going live in a moment. Like, okay, let me jump in and uh, leave one comment. And I just yep. sit there with my hands, like at my, my, <laughs> my face waiting for Bubba to react, you know, uh, it's the most fun time. So thanks so much for having me. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. You always jump in there pretty early and you'll see me chuckle or something. Cause Nick will drop a, a bomb, like excited because we're actually talking pictures or something <laughs> in the comment section. And it's a, it's always fun stuff. And then he disappears cause he's East coast has to go to bed and that's just, gotta, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. But, um, before we get into this, why don't you let everybody know what you have going on at picture list? You've been busy, busy, busy. Oh man. man. There, there's so much. Um, I think the, the, the biggest thing of this year, um, we really want to emphasize is that we've, updated our player pages once again we added all these cool things uh game logs have usage changes and mile per hour changes like you know on savant but also for usage so you can actually see like it's up or down start by start in the season you can also look at 2022 and see that um just by clicking on any row like you see all the pitch details it's amazing we also have percentiles and league averages for every single stat anything that you like it's there with a tooltip to explain it and you get the percentile. Oh, cool. This guy was 72nd percentile in O-swing on his four-seamer last year. You can answer that in a quick second just by looking on our player pages. So you want to check them out. Go there. Do your research at pitcherless.com. And yeah, we have PL Pro. Come hang out with all of us. We've got all these tools. We've got the live draft assistant tool. We have our PLV projections that is fused with ATC. 
Um, we have our DFS stuff coming out and our weekly projections coming out this season. Also, our Discord, uh, where you can answer all your questions, add free website, all of this fun stuff. So come hang out with us. Uh, you can check that out at PitcherList. But I mean, you know. And and Nick stuff. forgot to mention, or he's just too humble to mention. I believe it was a week or two ago. Someone got a new piece of hardware. Congratulations, oh, my friend. Uh, oh. Writer of the year, baseball writer of the year, I believe it was. Is that correct? Yeah. Thanks, Bubba. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I will I will say this. Um, there are a few people in this industry that work harder than you. Uh, I know how much you put out, how much you do. Uh, so it's only a matter of time for you. Yeah, one of these days. One of these days it'll happen. But until then, I bring people on that win awards. And we talk about really cool <laughs> things. Really cool things that they've developed. And this PLV, like, um, it's awesome. There's There's so many great minds in this industry. And... Uh, before I let you just run with POV, it, it's it, P, I recommend people go watch the pitch con. He has two hour long presentations with people that he worked with. He had a lot of people that he worked with on this project. So it wasn't so just like one person. It was it was awesome to see uh, years in the making. But I'll let you talk about all that good stuff. So uh, we'll start with just the basics. What is PLV? Yeah, PLV is pitch level value. Um, it's a pitch quantifier. It's not really changing the game as far as. I uh, trying to do something different at its core, um, you know, stuff plus with, with, Eno, uh, pitching plus and location plus it's a very similar. It's, it's most close to pitching plus where I, uh, the goal of PLV is to say, was this a good pitch or a bad pitch? We know from the eye test. Oh my gosh, that was 99 down and away at the, in the, on the, on the black. Like this is so good. And we don't have a good way of quantifying that. All the data that we have right now is saying, yeah, 99 miles per hour, this kind of movement, this location, you know, all of that. But we don't actually just have one number that says this was good, right? So there are attempts to do that. And I, you know, pitching plus and stuff does that incredibly well. Um, I, the thing about it is that it that is more of an overall stat, right? You look at last year and you say, oh, his curveball has a 113 stuff plus or something right and uh, that's really cool and it's very good for that kind of conversation the goal with plv is to be more of an event conversation so you have event qual uh, quantifiers right now that are like runs above average with stack cast. you have pval that you might have heard of um, there's pitch info pitch value as well all of those are saying the outcome of this was a home run thus this pitch was bad right and that that has annoyed me so much over the years. Oh my gosh, it drives me crazy. I watch these games and I see a meatball fastball go through the middle of the play and the guy swings through. I'm like, this is not a good pitch. This pitch was bad. Or I see the perfect changeup down away and a guy hits a home run or even hits a single that happens to score two runs. And because it scored two runs, because of the context of the situation, it gets a different grade than if that was a single with no one on base. And that is just so wrong to me. Yep. That is that is not actually quantifying the pitch. It's quantifying the event. And in saying that because of this event, it is going all the way back to the pitch. So the goal of PLV is to not do this overarching season long, how good you know this slider is. It's more of how much are is it influencing the event? And was this a good pitch? And if it is, then we can look at the event differently than we did before. And that's a really fun thing. 
Um, and I, I can go more into detail with it, but at the heart of it, it's about looking at events differently than before by by having the pitch as a proper and uh, mark um, and value. Yeah, and what I, and what I love about it is, uh, and I'll, I won't reference it too often, but Bloomfield and myself, we talked about it on last week's Bub in the Bloom with the board. It, it made a lot of sense to me because I just compared like, you know, Vlad Guerrero Sr. would hit a ball that would be two feet off the plate on like a sweeping slider that should have got a swing and a miss a million times by, by a, a different hitter. And he gets right. like maybe a two-run single, like you said, and then now it's a great hit when it's not. It's really not. It's a great pitch. And um, so I, I, if I'm correct, your P, uh, PLV is basically saying, okay, sure, he got a hit here. If you threw it nine more times, he's probably getting a strike. It's actually a exactly. really good pitch. Instead of that fastball on the middle that might get a swing and a miss or whatever once, the other nine times might be a home run. And it's a horrible exactly. Pick. So, so it, it's it, not it, looking, it definitely changes things. Yeah, it's not looking at the result. It's yeah. uh, it's a it, as with most of these models, it's not a regression model. It is a a prediction model. It's machine learning. Um, it took three and a half years because of this. Uh, so many smart minds. Um, Colin Charles was the first one engaging with me, and and through the end, uh, amazing guy. Um, Jeff Nicholas has spent so much time on this. Um, Richard Zhang and Zach Dobroff also. Um, we brought in Cameron Grove of Pitching Bot to to take a look at it and really help us get to a point of cool. Let's take this prediction model and actually get good run values on it, right? Um, and then of June last year, I brought in Kyle Bland to really hammer it home. And Kyle Bland did such a good job of just uh, of really taking this like all these things in one group and just kind of mashing it together. Like this, we got this, let's finalize this and make a, a proper product. He killed it. Um, and uh, really all these people involved um, to make that. But uh, again, it's a prediction algorithm. So what we're doing is we're saying based on everything we've seen before of this pitch, and we're taking everything we're taking. If you, if you have a pitching metric that you think is important in any way, it's in here. So we have VAA, release point, uh, induced vertical break. You know, we, we've got all this stuff, right? Um, and that's why we have StackCast that actually on PitcherList. Believe it or not, yep. uh, I for PL6, yep. we had StackCast pages, right? It's because we were expecting to have PLV done <laughs> in time. And I made those player pages so that I could house PLV. But then it wasn't. That's funny. That's <laughs> funny that when I was riding with you and Toby and Miles to a game on first pitch, you were telling me about adding, like, what was the one thing you'd like to add to, to pitcher list? I said, oh, stack right. data would be cool. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> we're adding that in PL6. You didn't mention the PLV part of the no, thing there. No. And, uh, that, that's pretty funny that that was the whole reason behind adding the stack cast, not just because it'd be cool to add stack cast. It was he had a, a, oh, bigger, a bigger thing in mind for that. Yeah, and uh, it's all above board. And let me tell you right now, it is not cheap. To, to license out StackCast data. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah. If you're wondering, like, hey, Nick, like, you know, I've seen, like, pictureless grow and everything. Like, where is it? Oh, this is this is, this is is a little bit of that, you know. Um, but uh, but it's really exciting to have all that data there and uh, be able to actually show this off. And keep in mind, I know it's not easy right now to to access everything with PLV. Like, we have a Google Sheet that has all the hitters and, and pictures in one place. And it takes a lot of time on the database side to mm -hmm. get everything into a place that we want it to be. If there's a whole model involved that's got to be calculating. There's a lot of stuff going on in the back end. So 
over time, we're going to be expanding how we feature POV on the site and on our uh, leaderboards and everything like that. So uh, you'll be able to access all that soon. All right, let's go back to some more POV here. Um, so it can be pitch by pitch. Obviously, it can just be overall for like a, a big chunk of time per pitch. Yep. Or there can just be a grade per the pitcher in theory, right? A pitcher sure. has his own POV. So how would you go about uh, maybe looking at that? I know there's charts and everything. How would you recommend someone go to pitcherlist.com and start looking at POV? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so you can do it uh, in a couple different ways. One, we are still working on our version of FIP, essentially using PLV. We haven't gotten to a point that we feel amazing about it. We have a good one, but we want to like, we. I feel so strongly in this that we use our prediction algorithm to say like, all right, let's let's just take FIP and say like, well, this should be this. <laughs> um, and uh, we, we feel really good about that, but it, we got to work on the kinks of that one. So uh, we don't have that quite yet. But uh, we do have an overall PLV mark uh, that you can just do. It's in our top, you know, in our ranking bars. Uh, it's not the lollipops of StackCast. And we just felt like the ranking bars were just a better thing. Um, so we have that. You can also look pitch by pitch inside of the repertoire section to get all the PLV data of a specific pitch. So some really good ones um, that we've done is uh, we've made PLA to make it easier to translate. Um, where that just takes the PLV metric and then puts a different jacket on it. Um, when it comes to scaling PLV and everything, you're used to like WRC plus of 100 and that's like stuff plus and everything like that. I didn't want to do that because it was, I feel like everyone not inside of our fantasy baseball stat circle has no idea what that means. Yeah. And I really want to get this to a point of doing a live game day where we grade a pitch as it comes in and we give it a four-star rating or a five-star rating or so. And I figured, okay, zero to 10 is like the most easy to understand thing. Um, Cause I didn't really want an average to be 2.5. I feel like average as a five makes more sense. Yeah. Um, so, but I can do like, I can do the star thing. I can dress it up with that. Right. So right now it's zero to five, just so you guys know that. And then we have PLA to make it easier right now. It's on the ERA scale. So like if you see a 275, like, oh, that's a very good pitch. I get that. That's like, that's great. You understand that innately. If you see it's like a four, five, four, seven, five ERA, and it's like, oh no, that's not good, right? So that's what PLA is. It's not actually an ERA estimator. It's just a PLV on the ERA scale to quickly understand it. But then you have the other metrics that you should be using. Uh, my favorite is hit luck, which essentially uses PLV to say this batter or this pitcher I uh, should have allowed or not allowed these hits. So like if Tony Gonsolin has a negative 50, which he does, that means according to the pitches he threw in our prediction model, he should have allowed 50 more hits last year, which is insane. That's a lot. Cause Gonsolin allowed fewer than 80 hits last year. Yeah. Right. And you, you know this innately because Babip has him at 207 or so. And you say, okay, he's going to allow a higher Babip. But you don't know the context of that. Some guys normalize at like a 24 Babip or 240 or something. Some guys normalize to like a 310. But you have to know the context of everything else to get that. The cool thing is that Hit Luck normalizes to himself to zero. Every pitcher should have a zero Hit Luck. Last year, I think we look at the league average. It was negative three, which is noise. 
And also it's not a percentile. So that kind of makes sense, but it's, uh, it makes it so easy. And we're, instead of looking at a BABIP of someone, cause you know, like Aaron judge, for example, he's going to have a higher BABIP than most yeah. people, right? Cause he crushes the ball. We know that, but if you just look at the BABIP, you don't have that context. If you have the hit luck, you're able to, uh, so if you go look at back at the pitchers, you're able to have that context instantly. I love it. I think it's so good. Uh, you have Ga- uh, Gosman at a plus 36, I think, mm-hmm. which means he allowed 36 more hits than we think he should have. But Alex Cobb, Alex Cobb was like a plus yep. seven or something. Not as much I as we know. thought. Yeah. yeah, that's not, that's not, you, you thought that was going to be much higher. It wasn't, right? And yep. I, I looked at Cal Quantrill. I was like, oh, Cal Quantrill is always going to be like a minus 22. He was a plus seven. I'm like, how do you yeah. do this? I don't, I don't get it. Um, so it's a, that's my favorite one right now yeah. to tell you like, okay, how to do it. And then the other one I'm going to say, I mean, you're asking, I'm answering all the questions I'm sure that you had, but I think this is like, how are you going to use it? There's quality pitch and there's bad pitch too. Yeah. Um, that's a really good way of bucketing what, you know, he threw a, he is volatility, right? So like, Quality pitch is 5.5 or above, and then bad pitch is 4.5 or lower. And generally, guys are going to hover around like a 4.9 to 5 on PLV. And it's not a percentile on purpose. I didn't want percentile stuff because let's say 10 pitches are thrown and seven of them are excellent and three of them are bad. I don't want the like the two on the excellent side to be greater like a bad one. I didn't want that if it because the distribution of pitches are not even in a bell curve. They just aren't. So, um, so we have this grading 5.5 or above is quality 4.5 or below is, is bad. And that's really cool for you to see, oh, his slider is 20% Q minus BP. Like he's consistently good with this or his fastball, man. He like for every good one, he throws, he has another bad one. And you go to guys like Tristan McKenzie and it explains everything. (laughs) Why I don't like him. PLV doesn't like him. He's inconsistent. Despite the low con- the low walk rate or the better improved control, he's still very inconsistent. So I those are the ones you can look at quickly. And that's the very long answer. And I'm so sorry. And I look at you Whoa. just playing the nodding game. It's a good game. Just uh-huh. Yeah. I'm taking I'm taking notes over here. We're good. Um, <laughs> but uh it, it's I, I like how there's multiple ways to use it, which is good. You can do the hitter's approach, you can do the pitcher's approach. Um that, that's a plus because one of the oh, algorithms. You, oh, one of the one of the algorithms algorithms that you mentioned before was how like we don't like there's you know the pitcher like A plus B plus C equals D. We don't know the hitter part of it. Like it's just oh yeah, that's yeah. that's like a cool way of I think of, of yeah. expressing it's like the timeline of event, right? Yeah. Yep. Right. It, it just think of it as a, an algebra problem. Yep. The, the the variable of the pitch, the variable of what the hitter does, then there's contact made, and then there's the ball in play. Right, how it was a ground ball, fly ball, whatever, and then the result. And right now, in the analytics world, we have everything from the contact through the result. Right, contact, what kind of thing in play, and then the result. But we haven't really had a good number for the pitch itself or the batter. Like the batter does something, but if you introduce the variable of the pitch, you can then assign something to the batter. Exactly, and it it changes everything. We literally think right now in the analytics world, we don't have just an overall number for the batter's ability in this event. We are quantifying their ability based on the contact made. But the contact is different when it's Christian Javier on the hill 
or it's if it's Patrick Corbin on the Hill. And we're not taking into account the luck that the batters have of what pitch they get. That is the true luck, not what happens in the field. That's all just noise. It's actually what are you getting and then doing with it? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And so if you analyze the pitch quality, we can start doing this. And we've just started scraping the surface with that. Uh, I'm, I can hear my passion. I'm so loud right now. Uh, and I should be at like a three. This is what Ian Khan said over the weekend. When you're doing a good podcast, you want to be down here. So I, I can't wait for that. I'm just so excited to get this out there. We're already experimenting with all these different applications uh, of doing. We have swing decisions of hitters you can yep. mess around with our app on the site that allows you to get rolling charts of hitter decisions like hey based on these plvs if they're in the zone and it's a low plv that means it was a really good pitch to hit you should have swung at it yep. you know if it was a really bad pitch out of the zone you shouldn't have swung at it. stuff like that it's uh works cool. there's a lot going on there which, which i like to see and it kind of and that, that's how you can use it for the hitters, which, which I like is kind of getting an angle on the PLV. It, it's it's great because it's not just one stat that's you know hitter or pitcher specific. You can use it both ways almost, which which is great to see. I guess it's more pitcher. Don't get me wrong; it's one hundred percent more pitcher. Well, yeah, but you, but you can use it the other way too by analyzing things. I think I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think this is a better hitter stat than it is a pitcher stat. Believe it really? or not. Why? I think there's more that I think I think we've done a lot of really great stuff with pitcher stuff. Stuff plus is amazing. You know, I'm not going to say that, like, this is better than Stuff Plus because it's a different thing than that. And for for analysis, what Eno's done with it is incredible. And I'm not going to sit here and just say, like, just use this and don't use that. Like, that's not the case. However, I think there are so many applications for hitters that being able to just say, like, this was good, this is bad, we can assess their ability better than ever. My buddy, Chris Weber, otherwise known as Schwebzy, put out an almost facetious tweet um, about Jared Kelenic this spring training saying like, we're, we're freaking out because he has four home runs this spring, but look at all these fastballs. They're right down Broadway. They're right down the middle. I called into Brandeis radio when I was there in 2009 because everyone's freaking out about Chase Utley hitting these home runs and all these world series games. And I watched each one and I can tell you exactly where every pitch was. It was right down the middle. And I was just infuriated because, like, he's not doing anything crazy. It's he's just fastballs down the middle. And PLV can tell us this. Okay. PLV can actually assess 
the I mean, I mean, one idea we have, we have inside of our prediction model, every single pitch is home run chance. Yeah. And we we backed it up by showing you the highest home run chance. It was a 33%, wasn't like 100%, but it was a one-two curveball right down the middle of the Kyle Schwarber where the swing decisions are super high. Like the like batters are going to swing on this. It's a strike for ages. It should be a home run. And it was. And <laughs> it was a really cool moment, right? Like, oh my God, it works. Um, and of course, the one that like missed, the one that resulted in a swing strike, the highest home run chance that resulted in a swing strike was Joey Gallo swing on a cutter down the middle. <laughs> yeah, of course. Naturally. But like, but we can do that. We can like literally add up your home run chances and like create a, are you capitalizing on your home run chances the most? And then look at your home run totals. Like you can do things like that. This is why I think we could change home over five ball rate, home over nine. We That's can just true. say, we can just look at this and say, all right, are they home run prone or are guys doing better on home run percentages than we're saying, right? Would we it, need to incorporate like so park factors and stuff into that or no? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, okay. no, we, we can't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's involved when it comes to the outcome. Okay. Assessment. So making yeah. sure. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Park factor is very important there. Okay, cool. Well, it, um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I, that's why I wanted to have you on. Um, and I, I know you said you have your kind of, you know, PLA kind of gives you an ERA kind of an angle towards the ERA department. Just, just uh, more of a scaling of the individual yeah. pitch in a view of it. Just the, it's only for assessing like how good the PLV is. It's okay. not ERA predictor. It's not an estimator. It's just a scaling. But how do we eventually see this being an estimator or a predictor? Because right. I feel like so, it's going that. Direction. Oh no, we're working on that. We're working on. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm setting you up. This is what a good host. Yeah, is. yeah. It was. <laughs> I love it. Um, it was funny talking in Florida to to guys. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm talking to him about PPERA, and we uh, we avoided. You know, I, I originally had it as a quality pitch and a poor pitch. I just didn't want to say PP percentage. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not too many times. Uh, I really didn't want to say that. So uh, we made it BP. Ellen Adair was like, call it bad pitch because it's like BP. You know, like, you know, it's a bad yeah. pitch. It's like, it, you know, bad practice. practice. I thought that was brilliant. So there you yeah. go. And w- I've like messed around with a lot of different titles. I actually kind of wanted it to be PLA. I think like that's a very good. Uh, and maybe there's a way for us to not confuse people by saying PLA on a pitch basis. Then PLA is a uh, pitcher overall. Um, but it might be Plara. It might be, I don't know. There are a lot of different things we could do with it. Um, but I, but yeah, we're working on that one. And it makes all the sense in the world to make just pretty much a replication of FIP, but utilizing all of these factors. Um, at some point, you'll see it might be a more of an off-season uh, thing. Just like, all right, by October, November, we'll have that on our pages. But we know that that's there. And that's what's really exciting for us is, just to say, like, look, this is the thing in the direction that we're going. I don't need to be the one to, like, actually make the applications. You know, it, it's the, to me, it's about here's the seed, everyone. This is this is like the idea that we should all have. We should all be doing this. And to say, like, cool, we have our first one. We have our projections built on it. We have our DFS projections built on it. I am not trying to patent this idea i'm not trying to like say like you can't do this now but i do like to see like hey i'm the public space like 
I, I, I want to push everyone to do it. <laughs> I want these things to exist. They didn't exist before. And I want the, everyone else to like go and make it and be like, see, yeah. this is what should exist. Great. Let's, let's be better analysts now. There you go. Um, what's a good sample size to you? Um, so 275 pitches is what um was where it stabilizes and this is actually a really interesting conversation because i i i gave this presentation next to eno saris uh talking about our pitching models at, at first pitch florida which by the way what how did i get here yeah <laughs> sitting next to eno comparing pitching models i'm like but stuff plus is okay um but uh he made a fantastic point about why he separated stuff in location because stuff normalizes um or it gets reliable 18 pitches in like there it is and it makes all the, that makes all the sense like you throw the thing it moves this way like that's what it is but location is so hard that's the part of pitching that is the most difficult part i mean once you get to a certain threshold like matt brash he closes his eyes that's what I say when he pitches. He just throws it down the middle and just hopes it goes somewhere, right? Yeah. So he, he's trained the ability to make the ball do something, but now the actual skill of replication of location is so hard, right? So that stabilizes for him around like 300 to 400 pitches for location plus. Because we're combining uh, stuff in location, we get a little bit of the benefit of the stuff stabilization. So we get a 275 um is is for us it does make it interesting that maybe at some point i'll separate out plv to be more stuff location to say like hey like plv stuff you know likes this but like that's a different conversation you know that is not the goal for us Mm -hmm. the goal for us is to be saying is this a good pitch or a bad pitch overall so that we can have that extra analysis right yeah so that that's I think a very important distinction that I really want to make because I know all the comparisons are going to be there between stuff plus and PLV. I know it's it's obvious pitch quantifiers, but remember what the goal is here. It's a different conversation we want to have. Um, you, you're using three years of data: 2020, 21, and 22. How do you differentiate? Because we've had different baseballs, we've had different everything. Oh boy! How does that factor in for you? No idea. i mean we can only do so much with that right uh it's very very tough um also it is a living model so it's going to be taking in 2023 as it goes and adapting to that um that's that's the best answer i can give you there uh it sucks because mlb get it together you know it, it, we were talking about it in Florida, and I think someone said, you know, hey, what kind of baseball is it going to be? And they said, I don't think MLB even knows. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Whatever shipment they get, they're just going to yeah. do. My my hope is that it's the Goldilocks ball, right? Yeah. Like they did their testing. They figured out this is deadened. This is juiced. Like here's the middle ground. This is good. And they just go with that. Maybe it's like the second half of next year because they already ordered some other one. I don't know. Yeah. But I just don't I just don't think about it. That's what I do. Um, and another thing potentially is and maybe it doesn't factor at all. But as pitchers, you know, as you obviously know, as you know, from 20 to 21 to 22, they might have pitch mix changes. They might have different pitching coaches. They might have, you know, they went to drive line or they did this, that and the other. Oh, yeah. How does that stabilize out through this whole thing? 
So, right. So, I mean, that's all we can do is say this is what it was in 2022. And then 275 pitches in, we say, great, this is what it is now. Um, and that that's that's it. Uh, it's that simple. If they're new, then we won't know until they pitch. Okay. I like that because so that'll be something to watch for. Now, when you're saying 275 pitches, just in general, not per pitch type. Uh, good question. Um, per pitch type, it's different, obviously. Like, I mean, I think it's generally around that mark. I think there are certain pitches. I have it somewhere that where they stabilize per pitch type. Um, but just think like three starts. You should start feeling good about uh, where we're okay. at with it. That makes it a lot easier for the layman's out there. Three starts and we'll have an idea on how things go in that regard. I mean, because it's like- funny because I've said this of like first start is a suggestion. Um, second start is an indication. Third is confirmation. Yeah, right. That's, that's like that's been my thing that I've been going with. So. 275 you know, aligns with that. That's good. And it'll be interesting because I've always gone on the philosophy like from old school days is a really good pitcher will give you two out of three good starts. Like everyone yeah. has like issues here and there. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how through a three-start span how that kind of all unravels through that. Sure. Um, so how do you explain this just for fun here? I'm going through Go your, your, P, your PLV article. You mentioned Kyle Quantrill. You mentioned Kevin Gossman. Yep. Jose Barrios had a plus 43. Yeah, I know. How do we analyze that as a person going? He was so god awful last year. Yeah, it was so bad. But he had a plus forty three. Should we be optimistic? Type situation. See that I know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, you know, there are things in the model that we uh, we try to account for, but sometimes when I see two players like on the same team with such egregious that hit luck stuff, yeah. there's something else happening, right? Yep. But then there's Alec Manoa with a minus 35. It's like, what are you doing? You know, and I think it's uh, I think it's how they pitched um, is my view there. So I don't think our model does enough at the moment for sinker ballers. Uh, especially ones that have a four seamer that they base it off of. Um, because that I think is messing them up. Like, for example, absolutely detests a Robbie Ray sinker. But we all know there is some correlation of like introduce the sinker and then that had success, right? And um, it does do individual repertoire um, uh, focus as like it separates out their the primary pitch and their off speed pitch and their breaking pitch, and then uh, saying based on the other pitch that they have, how good is it, right? So like velocity difference out the fastball stuff like that. But sinker to four seamer, I don't know if that is incorporated enough and i think that's why alec manoa's was a negative as much as it was because i think there was something to be said about alec manoa having like a 19 percent swing strike rate on his four seamer against right handers and then the sinker getting thrown in there and that's throwing them off right and it's in create creating that weaker contact on it alec manoa's hard contact rate is really low and we are like wait that shouldn't be right but i think that's why there's a weirdness however jose barrios and alec uh kevin gossman Sure, Barrios does throw four-seamer and, and sinker. I think it's not to the effect of Alec Manoa's. And Gosman just throws a four-seamer. So I think the four-seamer, uh, I did all my analysis before looking into PLV on Gosman and was like, this four-seamer gets crushed. 37% hard contact against lefties, 40% against righties. That is that is something we should be aware of. Um. And I, I do wonder if, you know, we all those stuff models and all of our POV is saying like the four seamer and the, the splitter are, are stellar. 
But there's clearly something that isn't getting picked up on here. Maybe it's the defense of the Jays. Maybe it's the situation that they're in um, with the turf. Maybe Alec Minot was able to finagle it because a sinker and four-seamer play off each other that well. And the slider is just that good. Um, or And he avoided all of that stuff. And his should come down closer to theirs. I don't know. It, it, I think I've found myself just avoided voiding Toronto pitchers just for this reason of like, I have no idea how to translate it. Yeah. And I don't like dealing with Hayes as much as I can. So um, that, another, that's what I got right now. Another thing I was kind of perusing, uh, obviously people, if you want to go look at his article, what is PLV? There's a link to the Google sheet. You can make a copy of, of all the awesome PLV stuff. I've just been perusing that. And there's a hit look column. There's also, there's all the other columns, bad pitch, QP minus BP, all that kind of stuff. But one thing that really stood out to me, Nick, for most of them, obviously Gossman is the 33. There's a couple here and there. But the elite pitchers, the minus hit luck is huge. Like Strider yeah. minus 34. I love to see Woodruff with the minus 50 or minus 40. Christian Javier minus 50. Is that Gallon 52? Um, I guess basically what you were saying there with like Manoa, we shouldn't run so fast of like, oh, no, he got lucky on 50 hits. Like when we look at right. Christian Javier. Is there a, is there some concern we should have, or it's like, hey, this guy's that filthy because we look at so, his, 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 so one thing I really this is a great great thing. Um, one thing that we are trying to figure out and is the hardest part of this is extremes are going to mess up every model because when you're modeling, what you're doing is you're looking at other instances and you're attaching outcomes to them essentially, right? Things that uh, have certain shapes or velocities or locations or whatever. And based on how that's worked before, this is good or not. I mean, that's at the very core of what any of these models do is that. And you need data points of these things existing before to give you an answer. And with all these elite pitchers, they all have different things that make them elite and an outlier. So like Corbin Burns has a negative 36 because somehow he his cutter is like, we don't know what that's like with anyone else. <laughs> no one else has that. Christian Javier's four-seamer is like a unicorn at such a low velocity, yet it's an amazing induced vertical break, and it just works for him. Um, we have uh, Zach Gallon's ability of doing those change-ups down and, and the curveballs and stuff. There are all these elements to each of these guys. I mean, Sandy Alcantara, we can't translate because who else throws a, like 93 mile per hour change-ups like he does? True. So Spencer Strider doing what he does and so on and so forth. So for the extreme guys, um, guys are doing weird things. It's harder for us to translate. And it might be a reason for Kevin Gosman that we are weirded out by it as much as we are it might be why tony Gonsolin. i'm saying like it's so strange because he throws so many splitters in the middle of the zone we don't really have that much uh data on that and he gets away with it and we feel like it shouldn't but maybe he can um that's going to be the weird thing and i think over time this is the element of the model that gets better and better because we have more data points on it so uh, I'm really excited for, for the future of it. I think there are those extremes at the moment. But I think if you look at all of the BABIPs of all of those guys, yep. you're going to um, see a line, too. Yeah. Um, not to mention, you know, with Sandy Alcantara, you see minus 36, you lose Miguel Rojas, you lose the shift. I mean, the shift, honestly, I think, is being overplayed of how much yeah. it's going to affect guys. 
Um, like we've seen aggressive things with this shift, like the shortstop pretty much right at the second base bag. You have a second baseman who's deep on, you know, as far back as they possibly can on the, the dirt. You have first base as far over as they possibly can, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't know if it's going to be that much of a ridiculous thing for Sandy Alcantara, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to, to lean too heavily right now into all of the hit luck stuff, but I'm just so excited to, to see this continue to evolve and move forward in that direction because it makes all the sense in the world. And then uh, a couple other things just to kind of you know, clarify, I guess, you know, you, you mentioned quality pitch, bad pitch stuff like that. Not all bad pitches are created equal. Is what I, I guess I want to say. Like sure, sometimes yeah. a bad pitch is good because, like, if you look at Corbin Burns, he has like a third, almost thirty-four percent bad pitch, or even higher than that. So his QP to BP is very low compared to other guys. Now that doesn't make him a bad pitcher, obviously. So right. I just wanted to like point that out, looking at that number as well. Like, I guess it's take everything with like a grain of salt, like analyze the whole situation type thing. Yeah, yeah. PLV doesn't like Corbin Burns's cutter because it's not in the zone. Yeah. Um, and it gets these swings that it doesn't expect because it's so strange. Yeah. Corbin Burns as a whole has like a 38% zone rate. And if you don't have any reference point for that, generally guys are like a 48%, <laughs> something like that. You know, I, I mean, remember definitely. seeing Kenta Maeda at like 41 overall and think of like, if, you, if you're, if you're just pitching and you have a sub 50% zone rate, theoretically you walk everybody. Right. Theoretically, you do. Theoretically, yes. Uh, so it, it's it's pretty funny. Um, and seeing like 38 percent, it's like, wait, what? No. Uh, so it's it's pretty hilarious. I mean, I guess not like, you know, because you get four balls of three and stuff like that. So yeah. it's really like 45 percent. But um, it's still 38 percent. It's like, wait, what's going on here? How does he do this? And PLV kind of get, freaks out about that. So bad pitch percentage, I imagine. Yeah, it's hating that about Corn Burns. Um, another question, I guess, and maybe it's just kind of all balances out in the wash. Like, a, a, you know, as a pitcher, say you're in a pitcher's count, you're 0-2, 1-2, whatever, you might throw one away. You might just throw a right. pitch out of the zone away, and it'll maybe quantify as a bad PVL, but it actually is a great pitch in the grand scheme of things. So how does that yeah. kind of correlate? Yes and no. Um, like, if a wasted pitch, yeah. like, we hate. We hate them. Like we know this is an instant ball. Now, uh, keep in mind how PLV works is it does incorporate count, and what it says at its uh, you know at its, its very minimal state, it says, "All right, you throw a pitch. Let's say it's a one zero count. I throw a pitch, and oh no, it's way out of the zone. So we expect in our prediction algorithm high percentage of it being a ball." And we look at the expected run value of a 2-0 count versus a 1-0 count. And we assign that that difference from two of the 2-0 to the 1-0, that run differential to that to the pitch. And that is the PLV. Okay. Now it gets a lot trickier when it's not just a ball, when it's a pitch in the zone. So then we run through all of the things. This is going to be a whiff. This is going to be called strike. This is going to be a single, a double, triple, home run, right? And we do that based on expected exit velocities and launch angles of that. Okay. And we bucket those into probabilities and we incorporate all of those of what the run differentials would be of each outcome and have the percentage of it. And then we smack it all together and then give you the PLV. That's how this works. 
So if it's a it's if it's a bad pitch in the zone or if it's close, if it's like a tempting one, you know, we are actually evaluating like how bad is it to throw a one oh or a one pitch out of the zone? It's not how big is that difference of oh one to one one? And we're we're looking into that. It's not just doing a blank thing. We're saying on a pitch by pitch basis, what is the probability of it? And then what is that actual impact? Okay. okay. Uh, okay. So it's, it's not all created equal. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes more sense. Uh, a couple more questions here is like, I, I just, I'm infatuated with, with new metrics and how we can utilize them to uh, make us all better analysts and players. Um, obviously we, we already mentioned looking at the sheet, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. Some of these numbers aren't all created equal, so on and so forth. How are you, you using this for your personal rankings, the list? Yeah, I, um, I mean, there's certain guys that I'm like, well, maybe I should, should be in more in on them. Like I've been a little bit more in on Hunter Green and Drew Rasmussen because it's just saying like, dude, these guys are insane. Um, and I'm actually more out on Hunter Green recently because I don't think is I think I think PLV is really buying in on the command that he had in the second half last year. And I've not been seeing it in the spring. Uh, so I'm a little worried about that one um but like yeah it's saying like look blake snell is so good and i'm like yeah he is he is um i i do want to caution a lot of people for uh for leaning so heavily into it right now for two reasons one um command is isn't sticky as much as we want it to be and considering how much we utilize command in it because it's just grading the entire pitch right I, it is hard to lean so heavily saying that this is the same command we're going to see next year. Right. Um, I think ultimately it's going to be more of a hitter tool for next year than a pitcher tool. Um, that said, I, I really love our sprinkle of PLV on ATC. That is what we offer with PL pro. It's our projections for 2023. I think it is a really fun way of differentiating, especially how it applies to hitters and saying, look, like this guy hit really good pitches and did not swing at bad pitches. That is the biggest usage, I would say, um, is hitter projections um, for next year. Not as much on the pitching side, which also means I still have a job. Uh, so that's good. And just listen to me when I say on the list <laughs> instead of, instead of this. But yeah, don't get too too wrapped up in these marks right now. Um, it doesn't hate Dylan C's as much as I thought it would. Well, I'm really well, upset about that. And, and you kind of hit on one of the, the big things I was looking at is it kind of makes certain players stand out more to at least maybe look at and go, maybe I should be more interested. Maybe I shouldn't be exactly. more interested. Right. So it like just kind of brings a whole new light to things. Where even when I said I quickly was scrolling through, I'm like, wow. Man. Wow, where did this guy you know, come from? Most of these things. Also, I think a really fun way of doing it is, is looking at pitch type and also at appearance. Appearance is a really fun one where it just says, like, what's the total PLV of these starts and, like, who had the highest ones? And it's, like, all the Shoei Otani's in there. Uh, you have, like, the Grom in there. You have a Hunter Green one. Cool. Then there's a Chase Anderson. Yeah. Where did you and come like, from, Chase? Chase had, like, this start. and It was just stupid good. And it's, like, you know what? I'm glad we could give you that. But Steven Matz was in there. Well, really talk, we want to talk about what, uh, a, a person that you mentioned many times in your presentations. It really likes Keegan Akins. How's that going for you? Yeah, I know. I mean, it reliever, <laughs> really. A lot of relievers highlight here, and that's. I mean, because that's why they're a reliever. Um, yep. Relievers can go max effort. Yep. So those pitches are different than starters because those are in a smaller sample where they can be at their best ability, right? 
Yep. I mean, we all know Peter Fairbanks, otherwise known as Peter Stairbanks, is stupid good, but he's at the top of this despite 24 innings, though. Um, Emmanuel Classe, one of those outliers. You know, we talked to some some people very well versed in the industry, and uh, one of them, you know, talking about this model, and they saying like, "All right, so how'd you deal with Emmanuel Classe?" We're like, "Oh boy, you know, because when you make a model, like there's an outlier. What are you supposed to do? You know." And I mean, Munoz, though, is at the top of this. I mean, then there's the Grom and it's like so validating. Like we know this. Yep. And there it all is. So guess who's number 10, though? Number 10 in PLV. <gasps> yep. Zach Wheeler, baby. Let's go. Yep. I love it. I'm a big Wheeler fan, too. So I love. I don't care that you're at last seven and runs. Lower that ADP. Yep. Yep. It's all good. It's all good. I'm a fan of that. A um, couple more things for you here. When do we expect to see this on Fangraphs and Savant like CSW? Oh, I'm just kidding. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, that the thing about CSW is um I, I discovered that one. That one's hilarious to me. Yeah. And it's so simple. Anyone can just like, here you go. It's this plus this. I hate saying that though, because then it downplays what you and Fast did to me when I say it's so simple. Because <laughs> on paper it is, but you guys still have to put the work in to make it happen. I mean, yeah. So I I came up with that thing. And I saw and I was utilizing it and I believed it. I, I, I like the, the fun part about it for me is um, I do the roundup every night and I notice I can just innately follow trends because I'm just doing it and I just have a internal clock, I guess, of it or whatever. And but fast isn't, you know, fast is like, well, I don't believe you. <laughs> I'm like, OK, that's fine. So and he's like, well, OK, you know, I, you know, I'm really curious about this. I'm going to go like. I feel like we got to put out an article on this. Like you should do that. And I said, like, I don't have the time. Can you please just do all the work for me? Um, so he did and he killed it. Like, and he proved everything that like I was doing. I remember actually, I had my own internal metric of 30% was like the point of if it's above 30%, good stuff, right? Below 30% eh, whatever. And fast said, you want to know what the league average is of CSW? It says at 30%. It's 29. I was like, yeah, that's what's up. <laughs> there it is. Bingo. Uh, but um, but yeah, I mean, that was, you know, he I'm, I'm so so thankful to fast, putting in all of that work and uh, allowing it to get any sort of attention. Um, and uh, you know, but at the same time, it is that simple. This is different. I can't like this is an actual black box model, unfortunately. I can't just completely open it up. I want to give you guys as much data as possible. Yep. Um, but I, but yeah, on fan graphs, ah, why do I need to get, just come to picture list? I know, no I'm need. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess I guess this will be my last question unless you say something that'll get me going farther here. Um, you mentioned it in the presentations. The, uh, Kyle and the others mentioned in the presentation as well. What is going on for... Uh, plv or plv 2.0 oh man um so there are elements of pitch design that i think it's if you guys look at what a what makes a pitch a curveball or a four seamer um it's really hard to define it i mean you see like savant now doing it like a sweeper and now introducing two seamer again i'm like you guys are killing me um so we want to really just look at a pitch and try and like define it by its own self, as opposed to a pitch type that we're giving to it and bucketing that no, actually just individually. Um, That's a huge thing we want to do. I want to see if we can include 
defensive metrics better um, in some way as well and kind of our hit predictions and whatnot. I, I'm, I am curious about that. Like, sometimes when I look at hit luck, I'm like, well, that's because of the defense or not. I think that's and, a very good point. And I want to be able to say, okay, we are incorporating the hit luck also based on who the defenders were at that time. And generally what their percentages are of success or failure. And I think that would be a very interesting thing. Same, of course, park factors. I mean, we do incorporate park factors to a degree, but I feel like there's always something you can do better with park factors. Um, But I mean, there are, you know, and always just kind of fine tuning here and there saying, okay, you know what? We think that this is a better thing for us to lean into or more things will get introduced uh, as data points for us. We can fine tune it. There's going to be an updated version next year. Um, And uh, yeah, just really excited to keep working away at it. I mean, really, again, this is the seed, though. What's most important when you say 2.0 is what are the applications? What are the things we're actually doing? And I really do believe it's more on the hitter side again of um, sure we'll have an ERA estimator. Sure, we'll have, um, you know, that home run per nine replicated in PLV and stuff. But on the hitter side, swing decisions, uh, trends that we can quickly assess. We have a thing called hitter performance. We expect a hitter to perform at this level based on the pitch coming. Are they getting worse? Are they inducing worse than that than we expect or better than that, right? And you'll see a lot of them, a lot of the the stud pitchers, they're getting worse performance from, from hitters. Is that sequencing? We can look into that. Um, Is that something else that we're missing? There's so much that we could explore. So that's really what 2.0 is. It's just more of these applications, the suite of stats that utilizes PLV as the seed for everything else. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because I think there's a lot of ways to go. You could probably even get to an XBA for a hitter, stuff like that. Like you have your ERA oh, yeah. predictors. Yeah, there's all kinds of fun we should, stuff. We should have, I mean, we should have just a slew of like expected strikeout rates. Like, yeah, you could have all kinds of fun stuff here everything. To, to go with it. Um, Another thing that was mentioned in the presentations, I want to at least have you mention to the listeners if for some reason they missed it. Um, there's an app, I believe, where they can check this stuff there out. Two can of you, them. Uh, it's it's free to everybody. It won't always be free. It'll eventually be a PL Pro thing when it's hosted on the site, but that will probably be, I think, uh, you know, months in the future. Um, but it's a really great app. Uh, you can visualize pitch movement. You can also visualize... It's also a colorblind mode because... Uh, Eugene Freeman, I believe, um, mentioned on Twitter that he wasn't able to see it. And then Kyle was like, all right, I added a colorblind mode for you. Like, that's how cool Kyle is. Um, but uh, but yeah, you can visualize like pitch distribution and uh, lefties and righties PLV, which is how I utilize it a lot. Um, so you're like, oh, cool. He doesn't have a good slider <laughs> against lefties. He just doesn't use it. And it's there. It's like, that's a really helpful way of doing it. And you get rolling charts for hitters. Um, swing decisions, uh, hitter performance and power and uh, a couple others that are all just so good. Um, and you can select whatever you want with it. Uh, check out the hitter ones. Scott Chu is obsessed with it. Yeah. And of course, Scott Chu does our hitter list. And for the guy that ranks hitters all the time, being obsessed with it, you, you know it's good. So go check it out. It's in the tools drop down um, on the nav menu inside the pitcher list. Sweet, sweet. A uh, couple quick questions on spring training here before we head on out. Yeah. As a, as a pitch, pitching guru like yourself, you know, you tweet out every mo- every morning like pitchers to look for what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. 
Um, how are you utilizing this? Because the topic of conversation is, well, you know, this guy's velocity is down, but maybe he's ramping up, or this guy's like so on sure. and so forth. How are you utilizing spring training information? Um, spring training stuff, velocity is important. And a rule that I use is if it's a veteran with a locked position, um, unless it's like over three ticks, I don't really care that much uh, because they're purposely saving bullets. They know what they're doing. All that stuff. Bassett scares me, even though he's like, no, it's fine. It was like four to five. Yeah, it was a big Like, drop. that's different than like two to three. Yeah. You know, then it was like, okay, three or so. But like, I'm a little scared still there. That's part of the like, I don't know. A lot of times you hear this where there's a very, there's like a tampering. Of like, no, it's clearly this. And they say like, no, it's totally fine. And then it just isn't. Yeah. You know, like, ugh. It just feels it's extreme. There's a reason why we're all freaking out about that. And they can tamper if they want. I'll, I, I you have to be a little concerned. Um, but uh, for the most part, it's about the guys that are trying to get fifth spots. Like, for example, seeing velocity on Ryan Nelson instantly told me he's out. Because if you're a young guy, you need to be ready right now. You're trying to get that spot in camp. If your velocity is down now, you don't have the luxury of ramping up. You have to be ready to go. So Ryan Nelson down two plus ticks after having a shoulder injury in September told me it's Dre Jameson's spot. Um, Brandon Fott looks amazing, but Dre Jameson has that spot. I love Brandon Fott. I'm legitimately stashing him in every league I can. Um, And I hate that Shelly got him in the reserves of labor. And I hate myself because I had the opportunity. and I didn't do it like a dingus. Um, But anyway, uh, but it's other guys too. Like, um, I, I think you were mentioning them, but you know, like Kenta Maeda is his velocity back to where it was. Same with Chris Sale, you know, and they're looking good to me. And that's all I'm looking for. It's just like, are you normal? Great. Let's draft them. <laughs> so yeah. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's just my biggest thing is because everyone, like you see it on Twitter, like guys are overanalyzing this or this, and like, there's so many ta- hot takes on it. So I was curious on where you were going with yeah. the, uh, the pitching uh, side of things be careful with increased velocities um in the beginning because if it's like one or two innings like they're airing it out yeah. but if they're now up to 50 pitches or 60 and still having the velocity then we're talking kyle bradish was up like two ticks in the first one back to normal in the second one but domingo herman was up a tick and he's up a tick again davy garcia is up 4.5 ticks and threw oh, 40 man. fastballs I'd love to see like, Davey get a chance again. Fastballs. That's interesting to me. Um, you have Eduardo Rodriguez sitting two ticks higher. He's up to 93 now. That He hasn't been at 93 for a very long time. Are, um, you in on, are you in on E-Rod this year? As a sleeper, he's not getting touched. Okay. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very, very late in drafts. That is true. And like, wait, he's throwing 93 now. He's not 91. He was like 91 last year. Yeah. He was at 92.5 for every other year. And he was at 93 the other day with like a good amount of, of pitches. Like that's fascinating. Spencer yeah. Turnbull's back to normal on his velocity. That's good to see. Yeah. Uh, actually, in some ways was higher from what I understand. Um, and then you have like, you know, you have new pitches too. Don't get wrapped up in a new pitch. Really don't. The rule of thumb is if it's a slider, you can pay attention. If they don't have a slider and they're starting introducing one, pay attention. That is Freddie Peralta. That is Spencer. Uh, sorry, I'm um, Tyler Glasnow. Those are the guys that added sliders and it made a big difference for them, right? Alex Cobb added one, apparently. Oh, boy. Because he needed another strike pitch. And that's we... a huge deal. Here we go so, again. 
uh, I might be in now in Alex Cobb because of that. But then I hear about the splitters of Robbie Ray and Logan Gilbert and the changeup of Brady Singer. I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I don't really care about those. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to uh, – we'll see. It's interesting. That you, that I've never heard someone say slider only, not the other pitches, because, again, people get excited because it's spring training and we're bored and we need baseball. Um, we'll wrap it up there, my friend. As always, it is a pleasure. Uh, final thoughts, uh, PLV, Pitcherless Pro, all, all the good stuff you got going on. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. Come join us uh, on our Discord. It's the best Discord there is. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, just come to Pitcherless.com. Depending on my ultimate draft guide later this week. Ask me all the questions you have about PLV. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. I mean, Bubba, this is such a blast being a part of the show. Um, everybody listening, go rate and review Bench of the Bubble. If you haven't already, what are you doing? I appreciate you it. You're too go kind. Go and do that. Oh, come on. No, everyone Everyone should be doing The amount of work Bubba puts in is insane. And uh, he absolutely deserves all the love. So thanks for having me, Bubba. Always a pleasure, my friend. Um, I'm looking forward to the next time we get to do this. And um, it's, it's great. I'm looking forward to what's next at PitcherList.com because it's always something. But if it's not you, one of your brilliant writers, it's always something over there. Well, you know, we're an independent site. You know, yep. there's no corporate board above. I don't take a salary. And yep. everything that we raise, you know, if you're supporting us with PL Pro and stuff, know that it's not a money-grabbing scheme or something like that. Legitimately, what we raise with that is going back into making it better and better and better. It It is absolutely my goal to, to be the place that everything that you want is just there. And that only happens with your support. So thank you all so much for the years for doing that. Um, I can't wait to see what's ahead for uh, for what we can do. Yep, I'm looking forward to it as well as we have a fun baseball season ahead and Pitcher List will be there for you for all the goodies and more. Make sure you follow Nick on Twitter if for some reason you aren't and you listen to this show on Twitter at Pitcher List. But uh, this was Bench with Bubba, episode 574 with the one, the only, Nick Pollock. Get you all later. Hey there, I'm Brandon Kelly from the Always Cheating Podcast, co-hosted with my friend Josh Landon. In case you didn't know, the show you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. What is Blue Wire? Blue Wire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, Blue Wire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. And over the past few years, Blue Wire has privately raised more than $10 million to expand their team, their podcast network, and their business operations. Now they're raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. And it's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand their sales team and improve operations. 
which will in turn help this show continue to grow. So if you'd like to be a part of the Blue Wire Investment Round or want to find out more information, visit wefunder.com slash bluewire.